because uh, three years ago on June the 7th, uh, you uh, asked us to be your pastor here at the tabernacle. And uh, so now we're working on four years working together. Amen. Praise God. So it is a special weekend and and, uh, it so happens that uh, it's easy for me to remember because it's one day before our anniversary. Amen. And uh, so we have um, been uh, together now 22 years, married 21 years. We didn't live together that year, but uh, we were together. (laughs) I just want to clarify that right there. Amen. And and, uh, so she's... I steal the gravy on my biscuits, and and she's still the love of my life, and I could not live or do without her, and I so appreciate her, and thank God for my family today. Amen. Praise God. Uh, Family is really what it's all about. That's the reason for the church. It's for the family. I've seen this week that... uh, and I don't point it out to, to, to bring criticism. I only point it out to show that you can get things in uh, disarray in your life. And uh, uh, Dr. Benny Hinn this week came out, and he and his wife are making reconciliation after three years of being divorced. And uh, he had admitted that, it was, that he was not having an affair with another woman. He had an affair with the church that his love and his priority was the church over his family, and consequently it cost him, and he lost his family. And uh, it isn't God, the church, and then your family. It's God, the family, and the church. And if you get those out of priority and, and alignment that God has ordained, then you will have trouble in your life. Amen? Praise God. I thank God for family. Uh, God cared enough about it that he sent the church so that the family could be united together. And so I'm thankful for that today. We're celebrating I Love My Church uh, in this uh, season. Uh, it, it comes time whenever uh, they have the pastor appreciation and all of those things. And I told the staff that I wanted to do something different this year because it isn't about a one person. It isn't about me. I the, have the privilege of of sharing vision, and if people don't run with the vision, nothing gets accomplished. But it is my joy and my honor to be able to pastor this church and to be able to be the visionary. But I want to celebrate this month as a whole because it took everybody working together to get to where we are. Amen? And so I just wanted to call it I Love My Church, and then we're going to have some exciting things afterwards And we're going to share not only today, but next week and the following week. And we're just going to have a celebration of lives being changed this month. In the book of Nehemiah, chapter 4 and verse number 6, Nehemiah has a burden. He is uh, overwhelmed with uh, perplexity of the situation that his city is in. Uh, There has been great difficulty. The enemy has come and destroyed the city. The city walls are torn down. There is no more place of safety. There is no more refuge. And and out of that, Nehemiah begins to uh, rebuild the wall. And he says in Nehemiah chapter 4 and verse number 6, So we built the wall, and the entire wall was joined together up to half its height, 
for the people had a mind to work. Amen. Uh, that last phrase is what causes there to be success. For the people had a mind to work. And then over in Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 2, the Bible said, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. This is the message translation. And when God answered, write this, write what you see, write it out in big block letters so that it can be read on the run. The vision, the message is a witness pointing to what's coming. It aches for the coming and it can hardly wait. And it does not lie. If it seems slow in coming, wait, it's on its way. It will come right on time. Can you say amen? Praise God. And so these two scriptures are foundations in which that I have built my leadership upon. I have learned that if people don't have a mind to work, then the job will never get done. The wall will never get built. Nehemiah had the dream. He had the plan. He had the burden to see the restoration come to a place where that uh, others had just put it off and said it's not worth it. Uh, everything had been destroyed to such a place that not even the government would touch it. They would not try. They would not uh, work on it. He had to go see the king. And consequently, even the king uh, would, give him, he would give him his blessings. But he did not send the, the, the army out. He never sent the reserves out. He never sent anybody out to be a part of rebuilding this wall, even though he would give Nehemiah the blessing. He, in other words, he said, you can do it. Try it if you want to. But, but it's too great a project. It'll never get done done. And Nehemiah got the people together and he said, what others have seen to believe is impossible. God is going to make possible. How? Because people had a mind to work. Amen. Whenever people have a mind to work, God will begin to bless your endeavors. The Bible said, unless God builds the house, the labor of them who work is in vain. But you notice that God blesses the house, but it is people that labor. And so when people begin to labor together, God begins to use our natural, places his super opponent, and what is impossible becomes possible because of the anointing of the power of the Holy Spirit upon our lives. Amen. You see, we cannot change lives. We cannot deliver a drug addict. We cannot set the captive free. We can never cause the oppressed to be liberated and have joy in their heart again. But when the anointing of the Lord comes upon us. When the Spirit of God begins to move in our lives, yokes begin to be removed, the burdens begin to be destroyed because of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So Habakkuk here says, write the vision, make it plain on tablets, and he who may run with it, uh, read it, may run with it. This is what I know. You can have a vision from God, share the vision, make it plain, but if the people don't run with it, if the people don't have a mind to work, the vision will never come to pass. 
I've pastored three different churches, and I, I are four different churches now, this being the fourth church, and, and I know some things about vision. I know that you can pour your heart out, you can give the vision, but if the people don't grab the vision, then it doesn't matter if it's from God or not. It ain't coming to pass. It will not happen. People say, well, how, you know, they, for whatever reason, they see the, the, what God is doing and they say, how do you do it? I don't do it. I cast the vision and because you run with that vision, we see the kingdom of God go forward. Amen. And so if people do not get involved in ministry, if people do not grab the vision and make it their own, then we will never see the kingdom of God go forward. You see, it can be a God thing and still not come to pass. But you see, pastoring is a lot like being the quarterback of a team. If your team is winning, then you're the greatest thing since sliced bread. But if the team is losing, they're ready to kill you and get a new quarterback. It is true. Amen. You can be having a winning season and all of a sudden go into a a three-game slump and everybody's calling for the backup quarterback. Bench him. Get rid of him. Get somebody else, right? But you see, the reality is there's never been a quarterback good enough to win the game by himself. It takes 11 people to get out on that field and play to the best of their ability to be able to win the game. Come on, somebody. Amen. I know some folk think they're all of that, but just go out there by yourself, get the ball, and see what happens. Right? But it's a a success is when people come together. I was watching, you know, we, we had some family time this week, and I went out and laid in the beach like a lizard on a rock and read a book and just had some me time and downtime and meditate on the goodness of God. And I came in and and somebody was watching on there about the hockey team. What was that, in 80? The U.S. hockey team? And and the coach was bum-fuzzling people because he never picked the most popular people. He did not even pick the most qualified people. He picked people who had a mindset of a team. The ones that wanted to be superstars, he got rid of them. And they said, you're crazy. But he said, they don't fit into the kind of team that I want to have here. Why? Because he said, we don't need a superstar. We need somebody that will be a team player. Right? And what happened? To the amazement of the whole world, to the amazement of the whole world, America isn't known for hockey. But to the amazement of the whole world, because he picked people that would be team players, they went out on the ice and they won that year because they played as a team. Not because they had superstars, but because they had team-minded people that worked together to win. And I want to tell you that that's what it takes in the church. We There are no superstars. The day of superstar church is over. The day and the time of, of this, super, uh, this Hollywood spirit that has come into the church and into the world, it is over. Amen. And I'm telling you today, it 
it is time for the body of Christ. It is time for the church of the living God to rise up and realize it's not about a superstar preacher. It's not about this and that, but it's about the body of Christ coming together in one mind and one accord and saying, we're going to build the kingdom of God right here in the earth. Praise God. Amen. Yes, you have to have a visionary. Yes, you have to have a leader. But the truth of it is you should lay hands on the sick and see them recover. You should cast out devils in the name of Jesus. You should speak to the oppressed and say, be liberated and be free by the power of God because you're anointed child of the living God. Somebody give him praise today. Amen. See, it takes a team to win. And if we're going to win, then we have to choose to lose our own identity and say that it's not I that lives, but it's Christ that lives within me. Amen. The good news that I want to share with you today is that the results of the whole team working together. Amen. I've had the privilege of leading this church, as I said, this team. Amen. And casting vision. But the results have come because people, you, have had a mind to work. Amen. And so over the past 24 months, uh, I want to just share with you, uh, because sometimes we, if we don't recap, we forget where we come from. But 24 months ago, I stood here at this platform and cast vision to you and told you that the Lord spoke to me out of Ezekiel and the Valley of Dry Bones. Isn't that a a weird place for God to talk to you about church growth? A graveyard. But the Lord spoke to me and he said, begin to, I began to read that and I seen something I'd never seen before. He said to take that valley that was dry bones and and speak to the bones. And the Bible said the bones came together and then God called sinew or flesh to come upon them. And the Lord spoke to me and said, you put the structure in place and I'll cause the blessing to come. Amen. And so that's what we've been endeavoring to do. That's what we've been working diligently and hard to do. It isn't something that just happens. You realize that most churches in America today are an average of 30 or 40 people. Do you realize that most churches on the average, the large, uh, considered a successful church in America today is 70 people? And yet we see that God is building something greater than what flesh can manipulate, what people can comprehend. Why? Because God is raising up a church in this last day that is not built upon the personality of people, that is not built upon a man what people can do, but there is an anointing that is coming. And when the anointing comes, when the structure is there, God will add to his church daily as it pleases him. Amen. And so we set in place to get these bones in order, to get these bones in place. And we said that, uh, that the tabernacle, we're going to do three things and we're going to do it with excellence. Number one, we're going to experience God in this place. Amen. Every time that people, if you come here, you ought to be able to experience the presence of God. If people don't experience God, then they will not be changed. If people do not experience the presence of God and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, their lives will never be different. But I want to tell you that the most important thing that we can do is for people to come into this place and we set an atmosphere where that people can experience the presence of 
of a living God. Amen. Because you see, I can't help them in their hurt. I can't set them free from their brokenness, but I've got an anointing that can. And so when the anointing comes, it will destroy the yoke and it will remove the burden. And so what we have to do is not depend upon our own selves, but set the atmosphere where that we can experience the presence of God. It isn't just about preaching. It's about our worship. We create an atmosphere to our worship where the people will encounter God for themselves. Amen. You see, experiencing God is more than just the preached word. People can say, well, I just don't believe your doctrine. I don't agree with what you're saying. But they cannot deny when the presence of God shows up. They cannot dispute where the anointing of God begins to move and to minister in people's lives. And so we said we're going to do everything that we can for people to experience God on a personal level. The second thing that we're going to do is equip believers. Amen. We believe that people that are equipped and discipled will make a difference in their sphere of influence. And so we've added life groups. We've added discipleship groups so that we have more today than we've ever had before. And we have over 140 people this last uh, semester uh, involved in life groups. Amen. More than, than we've ever had before. And we're thankful for that. So it's working. And then we have the third thing is to engage our culture. I'm not afraid of the culture in which we live. I'm not afraid to engage it. Why? Because we've got to reach out. People are not just going to come to the church, but we have to reach them where they are. And so we go for them and we, uh, through outreach and through personal evangelism, and we reach out and engage this culture, amen, with the gospel of the kingdom so that they can know that they're not weird, that we may be dressed up today, we may be looking good today, but we've all been in the place of sin. We have all been in a place of turmoil, but for the grace of God, we'd still be there today and so we reach out and we engage them and tell them that God really does love them. Amen. We also uh, set out to create seven teams placing uh, people in ministry according to their spiritual gift and their passions. How many has ever done something because you were asked to do it? Just do this for me for couple of months and they never come back. You're stuck. Right? And how many know that you don't enjoy something you feel stuck in? And so we said, what if we find out what people's gifting is and what they're passionate about? Because if you're passionate about something, you can go through some things and not give up. If you're passionate about serving God in an area and it really means something to you, then, then it's wonderful. But you see, uh, just for instance, if you're passionate about children, you can put up with them squalling and fussing and carrying on. But if you're not, you're not. It just don't work, Right? But whenever you're passionate about it, difficult times don't cause you to give up. It causes you to persevere and to press on and accomplish that goal or that task. Amen. 
I'm pleased to say that we've accomplished our uh, developing our teams. And, and I want them to come today. I want them to uh, come and I want to just uh, recognize them this morning. They didn't know I was going to do this. So, um, But anyways, let me just share with you our team leaders. Frontline team is Ralph Thomas. And he is over the greeting and the parking lot. Can we give him a good God bless you today? We have Shannon over the shock and awe. She's over the website and the video, the worship uh, songs that we see on the, the back. She uh, does the website. If you missed the bulletin, the bulletin is on the website. If you haven't been to the website, hurricanechurch.com, you need to go there. There's all kinds of information. If you miss something, it's there. We've got the sermons there. It's awesome. And you can be a part of it right there. Amen. We have student and worship ministry, and that's Matt and Tiffany Hutchinson. And they're over the worship sets. They're over practice and drama and uh, doing a wonderful job with that. Uh, children's uh, ministry is Eric and Beth. And then also the follow-up is Laura. Uh, she's just uh, helps us with this and, and inputs uh, the information and the letters and so that uh, we can keep up with them, gives me the prayer request so that the, uh, me and the team can pray over them. And we're, we're just thankful for that. And then if you've been through the tab connections of recent, you know that uh, Miss Brenda Day does that for us and uh, helps me with that and doing a wonderful job. And that's a result of all of these folks that have come and taken membership here at the church. And then uh, that goes on every Sunday morning at 945. If you haven't been through that, uh, be a part of it. You can learn your gifts and your talent and also how you can develop that here at the tabernacle. And then we have life groups, which is uh, Kevin and, and um, Brittany uh, head that up for us. And then Larry and Sheila helped me with administration and the pastor CT and Fran over our outreach. And so we have an awesome team right here uh, just working together so that we can accomplish what God has set us out to do. Amen. Praise God. The only thing is they don't listen too well. I said, when I call your name, I want you to come and nobody has come. <laughs> Y'all come on today. Let's give them a good God bless you as they come today.
Would you help me in giving a good God bless you for all of these? Amen. Amen. That is awesome. And I thank God for each and every one of them. And each and every one of you that serves under the team, these are just representing the teams. Many of you are serving on those teams. And if it were not for you, then we would not be able to accomplish it. A lot of times what happens on the pulpit and what happens here on stage, uh, we get the credit for it. But I want you to know that there's so much that goes on behind the scenes every single week so that we can be able to have a successful experience with God on Sunday, amen, that no one person can do it. And I thank God for each of these leaders and each and every one of you, amen, that make that happen every week. Would you give yourself a good hand today? Amen. And we've got a a media team has put together just a little video of what's happened over the last uh, 24 months. And we want to share that here uh, today and uh, just celebrate and remember what God has done with us and for us. Okay, let's look at that now. God of this city, you're the king of this people, you're the Lord of this nation, you are, you're the light in this darkness, you're the hope to the hopeless, you're the peace to the restless, you are, there is no
Hallelujah. I don't know, but I think God deserves a little bit more better than that. Amen. Come on and stand to your feet and give God some kind of praise today that lives are being changed. Amen. For his glory and his honor. <clears throat> 74 people have been baptized. 219, now 223 people saved, brought out of darkness into the marvelous light of God. Amen. Let's give him some praise today. Hallelujah. We thank you, God, and we praise you for it today. In the wonderful name of Jesus, thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and said, you help do it. Amen. Praise God. And you can be seated for just a moment. Amen. 223 people. Since that time that we did those statistics, others have been saved. And 223 people have now accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior over the last 24 months. Amen. Praise God. Wow, that's awesome. Amen. And you don't think that that makes a difference, but it's some of you that have been saved. It's some of your friends, your family, your relatives. Lives have been changed. Amen. And uh, as I said, I was on vacation this week and I was in a rural area and didn't have that much signal. But on my way back, Pastor Jack, I got your message and, uh, uh, and telling me that one of the gentlemen just a couple of weeks ago that gave his heart to the Lord, rededicated his life and, and now is in eternity. That's how important it is. Amen. That's lives that has changed. That's people, amen, that are being transformed. And so we ought to always, everything we do ought to have a focus upon lives being changed for the glory of God. Amen. So whenever people come together in unity, God commands a blessing. Amen. And that's the reason that I, I am so set on having unity. That's the reason that we can't afford to have division. Amen. Anything that is division means that it's two. It has two heads and anything that has two heads is a monster. Amen. And so 
whatever it takes for us to walk in unity, I say, Lord, let your will be done in this house. Let your will be done because wherever there is unity, God commands the blessing. Amen. And when God commands the blessing, no one can stop the blessing from coming. No person can stop it. Nothing can stop it. And when you're in agreement with the vision, then it's for, it's your provision. You're for the vision, your provision, right? And whenever you have provision, when you're for the vision, unity comes and God provides for the vision. Amen. A tower of Babel, God said, uh, they can do whatever they set their minds to. Why? Because they were in unity. And, And it wasn't even doing what God had called them to do. They were doing something that they had got in their own hearts. But because they were in unity, they were able to do whatever they set their hearts to do. How much more will God bless us when we try to come into unity and do what he has desired for us to do? Amen. You see, whenever the children of Israel were in unity, amen, they came to to a place and they destroyed Jericho, the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. But whenever they were in disunity, when they did not have unity, they could not even win over a little Ai. Amen. When the Hebrew boys were in unity, they walked through the fire and the fire could not touch them. Amen. When the newborn church was called out, God brought them together in the book of Acts and the Bible said they were in one mind, one accord, and one place. They came into a place of unity and the church went to another level that it had never experienced in the earth before because they were in a place of unity. Wherever there is unity, God commands the blessing. Peter and John went out together, the Bible said, at the hour of prayer. Amen. If you you just read through it, you'll miss that. But they went together at the hour of prayer. And when they went together, they went by the lame man and said, silver and gold we don't have, but what we do have, we want to give to you. Amen. And God commanded the blessing because they were in unity. Amen. And the man rose up. The lame man went running and leaping into the presence of the tabernacle because the people were in unity. Hallelujah. Psalms 130 said, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard. It went down to the skirts of his garment as the dew of Hermon and as the dew descended upon the mountains of Zion. For the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. A man commanded the blessing. He, he said that there is a blessing that I will give you that you in unity that you cannot get any way else. You can't get this commanded blessing by yourself. You've got to come together with somebody. Come on, somebody. He said that I'll give you life forevermore. Amen. This made me think throughout this week, and it made me think of the scripture of John 10 and 10, when the Bible said, the thief cometh, but the steal, kill, and destroy. But I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Amen. Where there is unity, whatever you need, you have a more abundant life. 
God will command the blessing there. If you're walking in unity, God will give you whatever you need in your life to have an abundant blessing of life forevermore. Glory to God. Not only in this life, because he said that we had hope only in this life, we'd be of all men most miserable. But he said not only here, but life forevermore. And so he's not only giving us abundant life because we're walking in unity now, but he said in the life to come, I'm going to bless you. Glory to God. And I tell you today, there is nothing like the place of unity. When we have unity with one another, when we're walking in a spirit of harmony and one mind and one accord, anything is liable to happen. Amen. Crippled people will get up and walk. The blind will begin to see. The oppressed will be set free. And those who are bound in sin and slavery, the shackles will fall off of their life and they will know the goodness of God because the church is in unity. The commanded blessing is there and people's lives will be set free. Glory to God. Come on and give him a praise for it today. I want to celebrate today what God has done, but I don't want it to make it think as though that we have arrived because we have not arrived at all. We have merely begun. We have laid a foundation in which to build upon. Amen. And now it's time to rise up and to reap this harvest that is before us. Amen. And we are pressing in. And in September, we're going, we're not uh, getting rid of the, we ain't just going to sashay through the summer. We're believing God for lives to be changed. But we're going to focus in on the month of September. And we're going to uh, be doing some things in September that I am already in prayer and believing God for that we will have the single largest time of souls being saved in September that we have ever had in any month. Amen. Say, Pastor, will you ever uh, be satisfied? Never. Not as long as your son or your daughter is on their way to hell. I'll not be satisfied. Not as long as your, your grandchildren don't know God. I'll not be satisfied. Not as long as we're on this side of eternity, because as long as we're on this side of eternity, it means that somebody else has yet the chance to accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And we must do whatever we can to reap this harvest in this last day. Amen. We've not arrived. The scripture said they built the wall halfway up. I believe today that's where we are. We're building the foundation. We've got a foundation laid to which we can build upon. Amen. But we're on our way today to seeing what God desires for this region to see. Amen. God has not given me a national platform. He has not given us a national stage as of yet to speak to the nation. But he has given us a platform to speak to this region. And we're going to declare the goodness of God. And we're going to celebrate the souls that are being saved, the lives that are being changed. And we're going to rejoice. Why? Because God has called us. I said, God has called us. And he has anointed us to reach the harvest. And we're going to do that with his help. Amen. As we continue to work together in unity, in one mind, in one accord likeness of mind and spirit, God will continue to command the blessing that lives will be changed. There's some things that happen 
here that, that can't be put down on, on paper. But their lives are changed forever. Who knows the people that came that said this is a last resort. If I don't find God, if I don't find something, if I don't find some help. But they came in and they found Christ. And their lives were changed. See, that's what it's really all about, my brothers and sisters. That's what causes us to come together in unity and oneness of heart and put our differences aside and say we are going to worship God and show this world Jesus through our flesh. Amen. We've not arrived, but we're on our way and God is helping us. And I, but I want us to stop in the midst of our journey today and just celebrate what God has done. Amen. And uh, we are going to celebrate that today, but before we celebrate that today, maybe you're here today and you haven't had that commanded blessing upon your life. Maybe you're here today and you haven't received Jesus Christ as your personal savior. Maybe you're here today and you've drawn cold and indifferent and, and, and the ways of God and, and you're walking far from him today. But I want to tell you today that serving God is the best life you'll ever live. Amen. Best life you'll ever live. People may make uh, accusations that it's too hard, it's too rough. I'll tell you what's too hard. The way of a transgressor is hard. The one that knows to do good and does it not, to them it is sin. That's hard. But living this Christian life is not something that is always easy, but neither is life itself. Come on, let's get real. Life at its best is difficult. But how many know having Jesus with you and the commanded blessing upon your life, it makes life worth living every single day? Amen. And so today, I thank God for where we have come to, but I'm more excited about where we're going. And we're believing God for greater things are yet to come. Amen. You know, if I told you all my vision, it would scare you to death. But I want to tell you today just a little bit of it. I'm believing God that we will rise to a place that will have an impact upon the government in this region. We'll have an impact upon the school system in this region. We'll have an impact upon how uh, things are made and how the laws are designed and created because God has called us to be a voice in this region to declare and to hold up the principles of the Word of God. Amen. You say, well, pastor, that's all done and gone. No, God has sent us, the church, to be established in the earth so that we can bring order and structure into this earth so that God's blessing can come upon it. Amen. How many realize if we don't have that, we're in a sad shape today? Amen. But I'm looking forward to what God is going to do. Maybe you're here today and you haven't made that decision for him. But I want to give you an opportunity today to make that decision. To come into unity with Christ and his will for your life. If you would stand with me today, please.